Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content on these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's jump right into our episode today. All right, well, welcome back to this month to you all and to our guest, Adrian McClavick. Adrian, I'm glad you're back again as we discuss another episode of Feminology. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, today is episode 125, and we are going to continue our discussion all about this. Now, Adrian, when I was a young woman, I remember picking up a lot of things, like I don't mean physical things, I mean ideas from women around me. I've always gone to church, and I've been a part of a small group or Bible studies all the time, and I've learned a lot from other women. Um, So I, I guess I'm wondering, since we're talking about industriousness, I think this is a part of industriousness is us learning from women who've gone before us. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you've learned from other women when you were young? Uh, I'm not saying you're old, but well. when you were younger, <laughs> right, in the area of housekeeping, cooking, cleaning, or organizing that you might still do today? Okay, well, I didn't really grow, I didn't grow up in an active church or going to small groups or that sort of thing, but... I had a mother who immigrated in her 20s from Germany, and she was very quintessentially German in certain ways. Mm. And one of those was that she was very structured and clean. Mm. And this blessed me in many ways. And one of those ways is that um, she was very disciplined and organized about what we kept in the home. And we did not accumulate clutter or stuff. And I'm the same way. I like to purge clutter Mm. and throwing away things and organizing things makes me happy and after I organize a closet or a cabinet for the next day or two I keep on opening it just to look (laughs) because it makes me happy I I totally understand that I can still remember then like organizing your spice cabinet or your cans in your pantry you know and you just kind of want to stand there and take a photo you know know. (laughs) because it doesn't last either so I I think that's really I am so with you on pitching things I think that is such a joy yeah sometimes my family doesn't think so because invariably like two months later I'll be like where is this and I'm like and I think God has given me a husband who is opposite of me in this it's not really that he likes to keep junk he doesn't mind throwing away junk yeah but he keeps things and he knows what he's kept and when he needs something he's like just a second and he comes back with you know the screws or the board or whatever we need to fix a project and I'm like 
I would have thrown that away. You yeah. know, so right. I guess both There needs sides, to be a balance. Right. There, you got to have a balance with it. Yeah. I know that one thing that I learned, I learned this from my mother. It's funny. We both went back to our moms. But yeah. one thing I learned from my mother is to make lists. Mm-hmm. Instead of just randomly going at things, she was very structured about lists. Mm-hmm. I still remember going on errands with her and she would literally sit down ahead and she's probably listening today, which is great. And she'll, she probably still does this. And she would make a list of each store she had to go to and the f- way she could go to them oh. so that she could lessen her driving and right. not have to drive, you know, backtrack. And then each under each store, she'd have what she needed to do or get. Or and maybe it wasn't a store. Maybe it was dropping off dry cleaning or something. But, right. you know, right. and I, I still do that. I do that. I do I, too. I use yeah. my phone, but I, I keep track of where I'm going and which store. I mean, it's just a simple trick, but it saves time it does it's a great a great yeah. thing i love that we both learn from our mothers yes. maybe our daughters someday will be saying maybe. i learned this from maybe. my mom you know <laughs> um okay adrian today we're going to continue to discuss this topic of industriousness being an industrious woman we're going to focus on how this concept affects our role as women in our marriages in our churches in our friendships in our jobs i mean we talked a little bit about that last month but i wanted to jump into that more on this episode. But let's start with a quick review from last month. Give me some of the most important points that we need to remember before we head into today's episode. Sure. Okay. God wants us to be hardworking. He's not neutral about it. He actually wants us to be hardworking. And there are places in scripture that show us that. And a great motivation in being a hard worker is to realize that whatever work I do, I'm actually working for the Lord. And Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, is a great motivation in that. And also being industrious is important across all areas of our lives, in our work inside and outside the home, in our human relationships, and in our relationship with the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great summary. And I love that verse again. You brought that up a lot in our last episode. And I, I think that's a good one to remember. I think that's our theme for this, like yeah. our theme verse, because it basically covers like pretty much everything with the word whatever like whatever you do so I think that's good um today we're gonna take a little step further on this topic and focus on the roles so how does industriousness fit with those three major areas that we talked about the I don't know if anybody remembers this all the way back to January February March we talked about bearing Christ's image by being a life giver uh being a nurturer and following, or another word for that might be submitting to your husband or authority. Mm -hmm. So what are these roles that God ordained from the beginning for women? And how does this industriousness kind of roll through these? It does roll through these to do them well. Um, Being a life giver and a nurturer means that we're preferring others above ourselves. Mm -hmm. And boy, does that run contrary to what we naturally want to do. Yes. Yet, if we follow the example of Christ, that means we need to put the needs of others above our own. And to accomplish this takes hard work for sure, to see the needs that other people have and then do whatever it takes to meet those needs. And similarly, we need to set aside our self-focus to follow our husbands or other authorities. And this takes hard work because we have to fight ourselves to do it. Yet, we can look at Christ who faced the agony of the cross by telling his father, not my will, but your will be done. And we can see that submitting is something that brings God glory. Hmm. And often doing what's hardest is what brings most glory to God. Um, our pastor, I've, I've heard of conversations that he's had with several young men in our church who were really at a crossroads wondering, what is it that God wants them to do with their, you know, their life, their career, whatever. And 
our pastor's advice to them when faced with a couple different options was, well, which one is the hardest? Hmm. Do that one. Yep. Because hard work, doing things that take hard work also forces us to rely on the Lord. Yeah. And And it forces spiritual growth. Yes. And builds character. Yes. Like we learn to work through hard things. I think that's really good. I remember being a college student and I would always pick the hardest you know, study that I had to do, which was always math, to do uh-huh. that first because yeah. I knew my energy would be less when it, and it was more enjoyable to read about history or more enjoyable right. to do my English lesson because I liked those, you know. Right. So that's a really good, that's a really good practice, you know, as a woman mm-hmm. to think, you know, it's okay to do the hard things. It is. Yeah. Okay. So Adrian, one of the things I think I want to talk about today is um, I remember reading Little House on the Prairie books and um, in those books, there was um, a section where Ma, the Little House on the Prairie main character, one of the main characters, had a little sign. I, I think it was in the book, and maybe she just did this every week. But there were certain days she did things, like Monday she'd do the wash, and Tuesday she'd bake bread, and you know Wednesday and Thursday she had specific things she would do. She one day she'd go to town, you know, yeah. like, you know, get in her little buggy and go. So I guess my question in thinking about this is. You know, is there a specific godly way that we have to do things every day in our home? Like, is it more godly to do your laundry on Thursday? No. You know, like, right. I mean, seriously, can't we, do we all have to do it the same way? Absolutely not. And what works for me is not necessarily going to be what works for you. And I think the principle that we are to be industrious and work hard, that's what's critical. And mm. as women, I think we really do stumble over the methods sometimes yes. and get wrapped up in the methods and... I remember when I was a young mother, there was this thing going around that if you were really a hardworking and dedicated mother, that you were going to use cloth diapers. Oh, yes. And it was a thing. <laughs> like, there was pressure. And yep. I'm like, why would I want to deal with that? I just want to buy the diapers and throw it away. Now, yep. And I understand there's really strong opinions yep. about some of these methods. But if we go back to the principles, we see that there is actually a lot of room yeah. for different ways to do things. And I remember also there was this... For a while, big batch cooking oh, yes. was a huge thing. If you were really industrious, yep. you know, wife and mother, you're going to do a big batch cooking. Well, that my husband hates leftovers. Like he literally yeah. does not eat leftovers. And if <laughs> I had done that, every single thing that I had pre-cooked, yep. it would have been like, well, here we're having leftovers yep. again. You know, so yep. that wouldn't work for my family, but it could work for someone else's. Yeah, I did that actually for a while. And it was actually helpful. A friend and I got together and we would big batch, you know, like, I don't know, 12 meals and yeah. we double them and we'd each go home with 24 meals for the month. But that's great for us until I started having more kids. Yeah. And I just literally ran out of freezer room. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't have room. And I still sometimes will freeze soup. I'll make soup and freeze big batches of that yeah. because I can do that. But you're right. That was just a method. Yeah. That's not the principle. Right. That didn't make me more holy. Right. Because the princi- I did that. Right. The principle is care for your family by providing the nutritious meals right you know work hard at that yes I think that's great yeah and yeah. and I think I think that's true I think there's always going to be new exciting ho- housekeeping things you yes. know everybody has to use this certain cleaning cloth or everybody right. has to you know you have to fold your laundry in a certain way but that's just the principles or that's just uh, the, method. the method sorry right. I gotta get it right I can't even get it right <laughs> All right, let's take a minute and get really practical, Adrian. That was very practical, but let's jump into something even more practical. Let's talk about the seasons of a woman's life and how industriousness is lived out in these particular seasons. Maybe it's a woman who has a bunch of kids, but other women may not. 
And that's okay. So let's talk about how we can live this out. Let's break it down. Now, of course, I'm going to add, as I say, almost every episode, this is only like a 30-minute, well, usually they're like an hour-long podcast (laughs) by the time I'm done. But we're not going to cover it all. We're just going to cover some big, broad strokes. And um, But it might get you thinking about how you can live industriousness in your life wherever your season is. Okay? That's good. All right. Let's start with um, what you and I both are, which is a married woman. How about a married woman? How can she be industrious? Okay. So when you're dating and newly married, I mean, I've had a couple of my kids have, you know, they're in, they've been in that stage um, not too long ago. And it, you can see it's really easy to be industrious towards your husband, you know, in those early giddy days, sure. you know, but let's just be honest. We probably couldn't keep up that level of intensity over a 50 or 60 year marriage. Yes. You know, you just, there, but... Having said that, there's so many ways to be industrious in our marriage to nurture that relationship. And many of those ways are more rich and deeply satisfying than those butterfly, giddy early days. Mm -hmm. And you know what your husband needs. I don't. So maybe your husband feels really loved by a hot meal on the table at 6 p.m. every night. Or maybe your husband is more low maintenance about food. But what he really needs is your undivided attention to download his day to you verbally when he gets home. Mm. So finding out what it is that your husband needs and desires and then meeting those needs. Those things take work and often they take sacrifice, but we really do need to be willing to invest more in that marriage relationship than our other human relationships. Yes. I I love that you brought out that Really, it's it's different for every husband. It is. So we're back to it's not the method of how you do it. It's the right. principle. And I think right. that's a good thing to remember today. Right. The principle is be industrious in your marriage relationship. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay, Adrian, how about a single woman? What can she do to be industrious? Okay. There's, you know, there's certain freedoms often that come with being single. Often they might have a more flexible schedule. And it can be tempting to use those freedoms to be self-indulgent. But a freedom, a single woman can be industrious by seeking out ways to serve others and pick up the slack for someone who has many people in their care or to help shoulder a responsibility that would be trickier for someone to handle okay. that had you know more people in their care. Um, but I do want to add, too, a single woman with children is in a different category okay. altogether. And, you know, she often needs to be working full time. Sometimes she needs to be both mom and dad. And this takes great stamina and endurance. And hands down, some of the hardest working women I have known have been single mothers, especially those Mm. who do this without bitterness. Mm. So often single women with children need to focus on persevering with joy to rely on God for strength to do everything on her plate. Yeah, that's really, both of those are really important. And I think it's important to, to reference the fact that and think about the fact that not everything is going to be in one little box. Right. Like there are a lot of different avenues, even in the single woman situation. It could be a single woman who's younger and she has more physical stamina than a single woman who's older, like a widow. Right. Yes. There, there's a lot of places, but there still is that principle of being industrious. Right. And there could be a single woman who is caretaking for aging right. parents. Right. I mean, those are, you know, that's, she doesn't have a lot of free time. Right. To be self-indulgent often. Yeah. You know, but she, there are many ways for her to be working hard. So. Yeah. I love that. Okay. How, let's, let's talk about, since we talked about age, let's talk about a young woman. How about a young woman? Okay, um, a young woman has so many ways to be industrious. And if she's still living at home, she can be developing skills that she'll need when she's older by 
helping her mother joyfully with jobs around the home. And she can bless others by caring for siblings or other families' children. She can work hard at her schooling because it's important to develop those disciplines. And it's just pleasing to the Lord for her to work hard, whether she has, you know, a part-time job or in school, whatever. Yeah, I love that. I like the idea of of developing skills at home. I actually knew um, a woman who was got engaged and she was all excited and it was like a year until she got married. And so her mother wisely, I mean, I'm sure she learned a lot throughout her life, but her mother finally, over the course of a year, gave her everything to run that household. Oh, nice. And to practice it. So she started planning the meals every month, the first month. The next month she did all the laundry in addition to doing the meals. Mm. And the next month she did something else. And her, basically by the by the time she got married, she was doing everything in that house that the mo- the mother That's would do. And the mother was not doing anything, but I'm sure she was. I'm not saying yeah. that she wasn't doing anything. <laughs> but I'm sure when it when her daughter got married and she was back to doing it all, she's like, wow, she wow, did a lot. But really I thought helpful. that was kind of a cool concept again it's just an idea it's not like everybody has to do it or it makes you more spiritual it's just good to think about how is mothers I'm thinking about mothers can we help our daughters grow in industriousness right that's important some of them are going to be better bakers and all are drawn to cooking maybe they need to be challenged to I don't know weed the garden right you know so that's good okay if we talked about younger women let's talk about older women how about older women yeah I I love that Titus chapter 2 gives us such specific ways that older women can be industrious because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would categorize myself in that category now, and I think there's a temptation as an older woman to think, oh, you know, you know the, the bulk of life has passed me by. What can mm. I possibly still do that has worth and meaning? And if those thoughts ever cross your mind, please turn to the book of Titus in the New mm-hmm. Testament chapter 2 and Listen to what it says. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Those are really tall marching orders and being diligent, diligent about these things would really make for such a full life. Yeah. I love that. I agree with you. I love that the Bible specifically gives older women specific roles or things to think about. I think that's really important because it's very easy. I think I'm already feeling that a little bit to feel like, eh, I'm not really needed anymore. But actually, an older woman is very needed. Is, right? And she has, a, she has a lot of jobs or industriousness she can do. It just looks so different right. than caring for little kids all day or right. than, you know, whatever it was that you did when you were young, cleaning your house all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's important to remember that there's a different types of industriousness. Right. Yeah. Different seasons, different types. And since I talked about raising little kids, how about a mother? Or maybe even how about a grandma? Like, uh, how does that look to be industriousness, to be industrious as a woman? Okay. Um, A a mother who's industrious will be intentional about her parenting. And that is not something that just happens Mm. i actually remember a story about that you told years ago julia it was Uh at your old house and you had a neighbor and the neighbor's kids were were constantly in your yard yes and i mean you know it can be nice to have neighbor kids in your yard and there's you know blessing in that there's things that you but you're over time you're like why are these kids always in my yard and never at home and it was because their mom didn't do things with them yep 
yep. they just sort of like lived and and it was there was no intentionality about it so they just constantly came to your house yep. because you were doing things yep. with your kids and they were active and so there was a that was like a magnet. And there was actually two other reasons for that. One was um, something interesting about that is I didn't really want them in my backyard. I wanted to just be with my kids. I wanted to selfishly not deal with other people's kids. And I remember an older, wiser woman, I was talking to her about it and she said, let him go over and play 15 minutes. And I still remember looking at her like, are you crazy? And she said, it's not going to hurt 15 minutes, 20 minutes because they would stand at the fence you know, and look sad and it made me feel bad, but I didn't really selfishly want to do that. And so I started letting them come over. It built a great relationship. This couple ended up coming to our small group for a year or two. Oh my goodness. And the kids came to Backyard Bible Club. There was wow. a lot of good things. Yeah. The other thing I found out that later as my kids grew up is that the other thing they would do at the fence, they would trade. Um, I always had, um, we always had ham, like lunch meat ham. <laughs> and they always had orange juice. And so they would come to the back fence and they would trade ham and orange juice. <laughs> That's really weird. I never bought orange juice because I think it's it's su- super sugary. And I just thought, ah, eh, we don't need it, you know. Yeah. So they would bring out cups for my kids of juice and my kids would bring them ham because they never ate ham. Isn't that funny? It's <laughs> really random. I know. It's like, I didn't even know that. Like, all the things you don't even know your kids do. Like, I guess if that's the worst, that's the worst thing you're doing, I can deal with it. Exchanging a ham over the fence. Yeah, okay. Keep telling us about motherhood. I really got off track, Adrian. Sorry. Basically, it isn't something that just happens. Yeah. You know? Um, Okay, first, and this this is something. um, Six kids and 30 years into my parenting journey, and now as a grandmother, I have become convinced that the absolutely most important work I do as a mother is to pray diligently for mm. my children every single day. Yeah. And that is not just a Sunday school answer. Oh, yes, pray for your kids. I am convinced that that is what changes our kids. Yep. And what protects them. And if they have the Holy Spirit, our work is in many ways done. Yeah. You know, so that is number one, the most important work that a mother or grandmother does is praying diligently for those children every day amen and i mean we kind of alluded to this but you know in terms of parenting to really focus on our parenting and you might say oh well that's obvious i'm a parent i'm focusing on my parenting but focusing on your kids really means limiting your distractions and that could mean your phone that could mean limiting extracurricular activities for yourself Mm -hmm. during that season which there's all sorts of ways to define extracurricular activities, but yep. I would say, you know, the things that bring you outside of your home or mentally you. or right. physically, um, it means to be purposeful about planning activities that engage your kids. And that doesn't mean you need to spend a lot of money on fancy activities at all. I mean, but you you need to do things together. So you could go to a metro park and hunt for a monarch butterfly worms and bring them home to watch you know, the thing, yep. get a cocoon, you know, that sort of thing. Or you could so just cool. bring them simply to the library and check out books and read to them. That was one of the main things I did as a mom. And now I'm doing the same thing with my grandkids. Yep. Bring them to the library. It doesn't cost a penny. They sit there. They love the stories. Yep. It's, you know, they sit on your lap. It's wonderful. And of course, you do need to be industrious as a parent in training them in discipline. And, you know, I don't have much time to go into detail here, especially since we spent all that time talking about the ham and the orange juice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, um... Our culture says it's mean to limit or discipline a child. And scripture, though, is filled with exhortations to discipline our kids. Google this. Google, what does the Bible say about disciplining children? 
and you will find so many verses that yep. can help guide you. And one of my favorites is Proverbs twenty nine seventeen, which is discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will delight your heart. Hmm. And, Amen. you know, that does discipline is hard. It takes hard work, but the yep. fruit of that is beautiful. Yeah. And sadly, if you do not discipline your children when they're young, yeah. you, it's really hard to start when they're older. Not hopeless. If someone hasn't yep. started, it is never. But it's too hard. Late. But it does. It is and harder. It's a different. It's a different. Um, you know, a different thing that you have mm-hmm. to work through. But right. I do know women who have. Um, oh well. I mean, we can see this in the world everywhere. Who've decided not to discipline yeah. their children, and it's really when they get to teenage years and older, they they're undisciplined in the classroom. They're undisciplined yeah. in their work job. You know, and it right. affects them. Yeah. How about a working woman? How can she be industrious? Well, a working woman probably has some very obvious ways to be industrious because she likely has defined tasks or goals in her work, and she should work hard at those. Mm-hmm. Not just when her boss's eyes are on her, and not just when she'll get recognition, but because, like First Corinthians three says, she's actually working for the Lord. So, wait a minute, is that First Corinthians three or, or three twenty three Colossians? First Col- Colossians. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, I thought. But yeah, am I missing? Maybe. I no, it's Colossians 3.23. Okay. All right. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. But because like Colossians 3.23 says, she is actually working for the Lord. Mm. And bringing him glory needs to be her primary goal. So what does this look like? Well, hopefully if she's a believer and she's working with other people, that they would know that she's a believer. So she should be the one in the office or store or hospital or school or wherever she works who does the best job, who cares the most, who goes out of her way to help others, who creates a good atmosphere within the workplace because of her positive attitude and joyful words. And that's like a direct reflection, like, oh, Mm. she's a Christian, and look how she brings so much good to this workplace. Yeah. And even in that, we, working women and anyone, needs to be careful that we're not just doing it for ourselves because we're working unto the Lord. Right. So even in the good work she does in caring for the people and doing the best job, it's not about just being the best worker. Right. It's to to point people to Christ. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Now, one of the things, a few months ago, we talked with uh, Michelle Holder. Mm -hmm. And Michelle Holder and I chit-chatted about the difficulties of having a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an important thing to talk about because there are seasons when someone has some sort of a chronic illness or maybe somebody is dealing with caring for elderly parents, for example. And their life is just very different. Um, Or it even could be someone who um, has a special needs child in a wheelchair. You know, like there are just many spots. So what about these people? How can someone who is going through one of these sort of challenges be industrious? Or maybe they don't even need to be. Well, they do. (laughs) (laughs) And in these situations, I think endurance is the Mm. key word. I used to run track and I was a sprinter and that was fun because even if you ran as fast as you possibly could and were gasping for breath at the end, the whole thing lasted around 12 seconds or 27 seconds depending on what race you're doing right right right. so you can do anything for a few seconds but one year I signed up for cross country what a horrible experience oh no (laughs) all that all the cross country runners are like no no oh my goodness well I hand it to them because all that running and I'm asthmatic and we would go 
oh. running like practice up in the foothills of Idaho and all this oh my. pollen every it was awful and my lungs would feel like they were oh. on fire and I had rubber legs and I felt like I literally could not go on any longer and I wasn't mm. even halfway done with the practice or the race or whatever and that can be what it's like dealing with a chronic illness or caretaking of special needs children or elderly parents or ill family members just much of the hard work comes in just pressing on Hmm. and doing the hard work day in and day out and relying on God's strength to do that for you and that really does require being industrious Hmm. yeah I have watched um, particularly I've watched one woman I know very well and she cared for her parents yes you know she lived next door to them and she did it beautifully and I cannot remember a time she complained. I just wow. remember her always going over and helping them get their socks on and making them dinner and cleaning up things. And yeah. every now and then she'd ask me to help. But because she lived next door, it she was right there. So yes. she was the one that took care of them. And yeah. it was, I love that word endurance. I think that's a really good word, mm-hmm. word to use here. There is something about being, having, being industrious. Sometimes it's just keep doing the things that are right there in front of you, right? right. And keep yep. going. Yep. Okay, how about with non-believers? Like, this is kind of interesting. Can we be industrious with non-believers? Well, yes. I think what I said about the working woman kind of applies here. Around non-believers, we should strive to act in such a way that we stand out in godliness, even if they wouldn't necessarily identify it as godliness. Hmm. Um, Philippians 2.15 says, Prove yourself blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you will appear as lights. Hmm. in the world so we should work to be the most kind the most joyful not conforming to wicked ways but standing out in all the best ways and to be diligently looking for opportunities to explain why we act the way we do that is because we want to please the lord in our words and our actions hmm. yeah that's very good now adrian the bible tells us that out of the heart the mouth speaks and i would actually add that how we think comes out in our actions right mm-hmm. so we need to be thinking correctly about this topic of industriousness. So how should we be thinking in regard to it? Because how we think is going to be what we do and what might be wrong thinking. And then maybe how can we even change wrong thinking in this area? I'm going to cough. Well, the world's idea of success is really to, you know, get yours, to work Mm. hard, to rise to the top, and to enjoy the fruits of your hard work, which usually means some sort of selfish pursuits. And that's really not godly thinking. It is so easy for those thoughts to permeate, though. Mm -hmm. And we are to work hard at whatever the Lord has put before us. And there have been times when I have been exhausted for whatever reason as I worked at those things that God put before me. And a thought that has encouraged me is that the Christian will be able to rest in heaven. And I want to get to the end of my day and to the end of my week and to the end of my life and be worn out by the work that God gave me. Hmm. And we aren't told in scripture to focus on leisure, that I'm entitled to a bunch of me time. And I'm not saying it's never okay to rest or go on vacation. I am not saying that. I mean, God even designed Sundays to be a rest day. Exactly. So clearly. Um, But I am saying that our goal and motivation in life should not be to kick back and play and indulge. And our goal should be to be diligent with whatever God work, you know, whatever work God gives us. That's very helpful because we really need to have a different, a shift, a 
in our paradigm, you know, in how we think Mm -hmm. about it, because we really are overloaded in the world with this idea that, you know, go on all these vacations and retire early so you don't have to do anything yes. you know are you working just, for the weekend just yes so you cannot do anything. yes you know like get the work done that's not the important part of life so right I just need to- and yet this is what god gave us we talked about it in the very first one and i want to bring it up again here the very first episode that we did on this particular thing last month in october yeah we talked about how work was there before the fall before there yes. was sin that there was work and so god has planned this work for us it's, it's like a, a creation mandate yes it's something we are called to do and i think that's yeah. important to remember okay so to sum up what we've discussed what are some take-home points adrian okay so i would say no matter what our season of life whether we're living alone or with many people whether we're working inside the home or at a paid job a college student or if we're you know a seasoned citizen god desires for us to be industrious to work hard at whatever he has placed before us and christians can rest when we get to heaven Hmm. amen all right adrian thank you so much for coming on i know you'll be back in december and i'm excited about talking one more time about industriousness so um adrian would you pray for us today sure Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about being industrious. We thank you for the abilities that you have given us to work hard. I pray that you would help us to be joyful and industrious in every area of life that you have given us, every season, every age and stage, that we would bring you glory, that we would focus on the principles and not the methods, and that you would help us to be diligent. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm glad you joined us today. Next week, we're going to be talking through some basic how-tos that will help anyone. These are things that probably you're going to deal with at some point in your life. Um, Or maybe if you are beyond some of them, your child will. So for example, we're going to talk about how to prepare a wedding or baby registry so that it can be a blessing to you and to those who are coming to your events. Um, How to plan a large gathering in your home. I mean, Christmas and Thanksgiving are coming up. So you might have a whole bunch of people coming over. We're going to talk about how to organize something. And maybe since Christmas is right around the corner, we're going to have a little conversation about how you can gift give on a budget. Because oh, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. But we're going to pack it all in. I'm going to listen to that. I think it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to this episode. I love practical things. So this one's practical. Um, actually, I think all of our podcast episodes are practical in some way or another. Sometimes they're physically practical, something tangible, and sometimes they're more in your brain, but they're still practical. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Until next time.